You haven't said anything yet, Christine. I know, I was waiting for my by. cue because I thought we were going to say our names and things and then you just oh, did right. the welcome. <laughs> oh, all right. I thought then. we were being spontaneous. <laughs> this was the spontaneous <laughs> podcast, guys. <laughs> While the content of the podcast is the usual high quality banter and entertainment, there is a problem with the sound. Lillian's microphone on her desktop picked up an awful lot of her drum practice during the podcast. We apologise for this and hope that it doesn't detract from your enjoyment, however much there is. When we decided to do an extra podcast by way of a Christmas card to our loyal listeners, Lillian dug out some old questions from Live Journal. There were 48 of them. Of course, things went off track very quickly and we ended up with some very interesting answers to other questions. I hope you enjoy them. Okay, what's your, what's your question, Christina? Oh, <laughs> I didn't, a niche question. I didn't know we were making up niche questions, so I haven't got one. Okay, I've got a question. I've got a question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, you've got to guess what is the word of the year Oh. In Germany. <laughs> in Germany? That's not a question, that's a quiz. <laughs> it's it a must, question. It must have meant to be a quiz. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't illustrate what your year's been like. It doesn't illustrate it's your almost, mental it's, it's almost certainly going to be Ungerstanger Fundingen dich da Forting sing Skorfes Dufernat. That sounds much more Scandinavian than Does it? Well, it's from Northern Germany. And I it think means Germans would object to that sort of generalisation. Yeah. It means being pissed off at the British intransigence <laughs> and feelings of exceptionalism to the point where you're thinking maybe World War Three wouldn't be a bad idea. Have you heard the Dead Ringers version of Ursula von der Leyen? No, not yet. Oh, uh, it's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Treating the, the the departure of Britain as the boyfriend you were once a bit fond of, but now you just want them to. Fucking well, go. Go, take your Fleetwood Mac albums. I don't care. Take the piano, even though it was a present from my side of the family. So, is that the German word of the year? Fuck off, Britain. <laughs> it should be. The closest one, one of the contenders was the Schwörungsexerlen, which means conspiracy narrative, but that's as close as you get to something like that. So, no, the top term was... You won't be surprised at all. A bit boring was Corona Pandemi. <laughs> uh, I, I like, I think it's... I wonder what that means. I thought a lot more fun than that was Corona Spack, which I've used a lot, which is the weight you put on during the Corona <laughs> Pandemic. <laughs> I have a lot of Corona Spack right now. Uh, it's, it's very onomatopoeic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's a really good one. Um, I did have some more from um, the Collins Dictionary, which said wow. on Tuesday, but whatever Tuesday that is, a very boring one. It's word of a year, you can probably guess, is... Da, 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 begins with an L. Is this a German word? Lockdown. One? This is an English word. It's lockdown. Yeah. Zoom bombing. It's lockdown. Oh, it, I think she, Zoom she did give. Better. Christina did tell us it began with L. Yes, sorry about that. Zoom bombing is better, so, but it's not in there. No, I, I think, you know, rampant um, uh, weavers loom bombing would be an <laughs> <Loom> interesting... 
already is yarn bombing, actually. Oh, yes, it is. It's lovely. It's not even, you know, kind of funny, really. Oh, yeah, I found the Collins word of the year is lockdown. But there's 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 an Oxford Dictionary word of the year, and they had a whole bunch of They have loads of words. Yeah, because they didn't want to just have one, because I was betting it would be unprecedented, but I think they knew that, so they, they expanded it. Earlier in the year, you were betting it was going to be pivot. Oh, yeah, God, pivot. <laughs> I've used pivot so often now that like, I think I've almost being... forgotten. It's, yeah. it's not a word now. It's more like a punctuation mark. <laughs> it's just something that, of course, the word of the year is actually punctuation, as we all know. <laughs> oh. We've used it enough. It should have been in terror bang. I maintain that in terror bang is a wonderful word. So what were their words of the unprecedented year? Because I'm looking at this now. Well, Collins um, Dictionary, to go back to them, has some <laughs> some good new words. So they had mukbang. This is a bit cool. Call my bluff. It's um, it refers to a South Korean trend of video bloggers eating large quantities of food in video broadcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's easier to parse. Mexit. Oh, is that Mexico exit? No, no, you're thinking of the wrong yeah. type of um, Meg zit. Oh, Manchester exit. <laughs> they probably want to do that. Yeah, I'm trying to be, you know, sensible here. <laughs> Maybe Ian knows the answer. Megxit. No. Megxit. Megxit. Oh, Megan. Yeah, Megan Markle leaving the oh, country. Oh, Yeah, sorry, I can't hear it in your accent. And now I <laughs> probably didn't know how to pronounce it. I don't, I don't think there is any particular way to pronounce it. It just sounded more like Manchester exit to me. Um, and finally, a, finally, yeah. I've got some French ones. Ooh, oh. <laughs> Which I don't think you'll They actually don't have a word of a year, but um, there's about 150... They're not allowed. New, I thought they were not allowed new words. No, there's 150 new words have been added this year to they the... They are of the Académie Française. Yeah. Okay, so is that what they've done? Oh. Yeah. So, ah. okay. so they're probably not as up-to-date as the German ones because they don't seem to be about pandemics and so forth. So they've got hipsterisation, which I'm not pronouncing very well, but you can probably guess. Hipsterisation. Yes, indeed. Anti-vax, very easy. Mm. And mm. Infox. Infodemic? Uh, Info plague? Uh, close. Info? So it's a combination, it's a portmanteau of Anfo, which is news. Is it? Oh, news overload. No, it's uh, Anfo. Oh, Anfo, like that, right? Yeah, Anfo and Fo, which is false. Oh, fake, fake news, news yeah. yeah, I'm for. I have never heard a French person use that. <laughs> no, I'm sure I've seen, I've seen a lot of French stuff about fake news, and the French, the French are fake news is fake news. Fake, yes, <laughs> exactly, yeah. it's the fake news. But we, we, we need a mouth. <laughs> but the, the Academy Francaise won't like that. No, so they've made one up. <laughs> yeah, but no one will use it. I'm still trying to find the English ones. So well, the OED. Moon... Yeah, Moonshot. Yeah, Moonshot, which is pretty dull. Yeah. Um, net Zero? What's Net Zero? I don't know. I didn't get that one. No. Um, super Spreader. Super Spreader they've got. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I mean, there were Super Spreaders before. That's yeah. That's very exciting. Apparently, it date back to the 70s, but uh, it spiked in October mm-hmm. when, corona, when <laughs> I, coronavirus I hit the White House. 
<laughs> I thought it might have dated back to like Shakespeare or something. <laughs> so either you think that they must have combed the country for a man called William Shakespeare to be the second person who got the vaccine, or you have to believe in some kind of Scientology aliens conspiracy theory, because there's no way that can be an accident. I mean, it's just insane. So was that? Oh, Sorry, I missed that, that piece of news. No, the the this this the second this guy was called William Shakespeare. Yeah, the, <laughs> that was a suspicious thing that he was second. If they'd known that he was he was going to be on the list, they would surely have made him first. No, because he's a man. Instead of, would have been instead of what was her name, Margaret Keenan. I think they had to have an ordinary woman first, um, and then they had a man with a stupid name. Then they had to have a six hundred year old yes, playwright. Indeed. <laughs> who was a super spreader because he was spreading the plague to his son Hamnet it all connects because Hamnet has also just won the Booker Prize so I stick with the conspiracy Scientology theory myself what Hamlet mm. run, won the Booker Prize Hamnet okay Hamnet won something it was like one of the ones that was in the running um, and it's about Shakespeare's son who died of the plague which is a nice ah. you know What's the phrase? You know, metaphor for where we are now. Yeah, I don't think that won the book at that sort. <laughs> no, it didn't, but it won something else. <laughs> so, yeah, belatedly, I think my favourite TV programme of 2020 might be Strictly Come Dancing in an unexpected... Okay. I, I'm going to even more unexpectedly saying on YouTube, I've seen two or three Bill Bailey and O.T. Yeah, O.T., who I loved and anyway. And it was amazing. It was it's amazing. Revelatory. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really cheering. The trouble is that he started off with all the ones he's clearly good at, which are the fun, fast, quick-steppy ones. Mm -hmm. And now they're making him do things like the Argentinian tango, and he's no good at them. Because ah. he just looks silly. He looks like he's about to break into some kind of weird joke and stick a leak up his bum or something. You can't take it seriously. It's like moody and do you not get? Do you not get points for doing that? Yeah, Technical probably, but he hasn't done that. He's sort of tried ah. to do it properly. <laughs> Big mistake. Well, if Clive James can do the Argentinian tango, why can't Bill Bailey? Did Clive James do the Argentinian tango? Yes, and it's, I thought you were watching the, the Clive James postcards. Yeah, I sort of gave up. Postcards from Buenos Aires. Well, in Postcards from Buenos Aires, he does what he always wanted to do, which was learn to tango. And he did it reasonably well, which is odd for someone with absolutely no sense of rhythm. Uh, when I've seen him perform with Pete Atkin and he's allowed to sing one song, Pete has to basically hit him on the head to tell him when to start a verse because he cannot, he could not tell where he was in a song. Yeah, movement's different he wrote, than singing. Yeah, well, I think that's proof of it, yes. I didn't watch Strictly, so, so can't really no. contribute to that. No. It wasn't, well, it wasn't actually it. Bill Bailey in some ways. I mean, I started watching it because of Bill Bailey, obviously, um, and that was very cheering. I totally give you. And it's really nice that the entire country seems to have got behind this rather obscure comedian. Well, not obscure, but you know, fairly, <laughs> fairly, fairly intelligent comedian. You know, I mean, it's not exactly like, you know not going out with Lee what's his name you know it's not it's mm. not lowest common denominator humor but actually I've got I, one of the um live journal questions is um did you did you what was your crush of the year you know what celebrity did you have a crush on and I haven't answered that one for so long you know in the old days it was always mm. Spike 
Um, but actually, I've got one this year now. Oh, and Buffy. I thought you were thinking you were, you were <laughs> oh, saying Spike. No, no, I'm sorry, Spike, but I've never had a crush on you. I'm sorry, you're just not my type. <laughs> so who is uh, your crush? Uh, it's a guy called Harvey, spelled H-R-V-Y, um, who's going to be in the final. And he's just so my type. You know, he's kind of really tall and thin and sort of funny. And he does like one wristed... Um, cartwheels and things like that. And he just really cheers me up. Also, he dances really, really, really well. He's an obs- There's only two types of people on Strictly, right? There's, well, there's three, okay? There's people who used to be in soap operas and don't have a career anymore. There's people who used to be in boy bands and don't have a career anymore. And there's people who used to be in the Olympics and don't have a career anymore. And he's in the boy band camp, I think. I think there's also a fourth sort, which is um, reporters, journalists. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never pay any attention to them, I suppose, because it's less amusing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, this this is always the great um, uh, scandal of Strictly Come Dancing, which is also vaguely entertaining, I think, is that every year they have people who actually know how to dance and everyone calls Mm. them ringers because they've learnt to dance while they were in their boy band or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are people who don't know how to dance at all and then miraculously get better, you know, probably by being fed steroids or, you know, heroin or Mm. something. And, of course, what happens is you really want the people who are good to win, but it's always someone fairly crappy that's really improved because they've been on, say it with me, girls and boys, a journey. This always really irritates me because I just want the one who can dance well to win. Whereas the word journey, going on a journey really irritates me. (laughs) I can't bear it. I just can't (laughs) bear it. It's awful. We can have a drinking game where if someone mentions Journey, we have a drink. Yes. If you've been listening to the, the Octothorpe podcast, they have their list of words that they think will upset Claire Briley, like onboarding and so oh, yeah. on. Yeah, Not yeah I hate that, onboarding yeah. too. Right. So but we should have the TNH list of words we can't stand and you can we can start with well, i hate journey with, on a journey yeah, yeah right. but everyone start hates journey it's yeah. not very original um, and pretty much everyone hates onboarding although it has got so ubiquitous during the pandemic but you know oh ubiquitous that's another word that's oh i like you I, I, like <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't mind onboarding now oh really god that's controversial yeah <laughs> i think it's because it reminds me of um when we were implementing our new library management system and i enjoy that kind of stuff <laughs> i really i really like that aspect of my job even though it's not part of my job anymore well that was really unexpected content christina i think that can be in our outtake <laughs> <laughs> it can be yeah and also, onboarding sounds quite Germanic or Scandinavian, so I like it for that reason as well. Does it? How about waterboarding? Could be a waterboarding instead. <laughs> yes. <Perhaps laughs> no, I don't like waterboard, that. Um, Boris Johnson. Yes, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> and then we fill him full of no, Corona. even spec. then. <laughs> <laughs> Until he explains. You'd still never get the truth out of him. He doesn't know any truths. He doesn't know anything. No. There's nothing to hide. Ursula von der Leiden, now you're talking. She would tell us something interesting. I'd just like to say that while we've been talking, a lock has in fact come in from Claire Briley of Croydon, in which wow. you can breaking read out. News. This is live. Oh, breaking news. <laughs> so that the line I'm going to read out is Claire says, I would quite like more kitten content, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've just made that line up. It's true. 
So thanks, Claire. The check is in the post. <laughs> As is the kitten. <laughs> you, you're going to post the kitten to Claire. Yeah, but she'll claw way out and then she'll come home. She's got needle oh. sharp claws. Claire's gonna be disappointed now. No kitten oh, arriving. Claire. I'll send you I'll send you a picture of the kitten. How about that? No. We could put one in the sleeve now. <laughs> yeah. No, you could send send her a little cuddly toy, maybe of a black and white bear. Because she's pandering. I think koala is the animal of the year. <laughs> is it? Is it? It's the official Croydon animal of the year. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> in sympathy. Well, their pangolin died. In sympathy because they're all the bushfires at the start of the year. We could pick our favourite month. <laughs> we could all pick January. January yeah. <laughs> uh, favourite day of the week. Don't know. They're all the same. Favourite hour. Um, the hour while I'm asleep. <laughs> and so forth. I could tell you my favourite R in Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> Your favourite R in Cornish? No, R. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, well, what's your favourite word in Cornish? That'd be a good one. Oh, um, I haven't learnt that many yet, so I probably don't... Oh, that was quite a good one. Scooble sugna. Oh, that's a great word. That means vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it should be the name of a clanger. <laughs> yes, very much Scooble so. Scooble in a previous episode, we discussed the musical Hamilton. And this led to a reminder coming from Claire and Croydon that she'd written an article back in Banana Wing 72 called Novacon 48, A Premature Retrospective, in which she envisaged there being a Sorensen musical called Hamilton because I lived in the town. She only quoted one verse from it, but I thought... That's damn good. I should really give her the rest of it. Here it is. How does a bastard Glasgow teacher son of a sore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of forgotten fans at a hitchhiker's gone, a musical geographer and con runner, grow to be a fanhead and a punner? Buddy Ian Sorensen. I can never leave a pun alone If it gets a laugh or just a groan I can wait, I can wait Bloody Ian Sorensen Well, my lockdown TV programme of the year was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a police comedy series set in Brooklyn. On YouTube, there is a five-hour compilation of just the opening scenes from every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because there's hundreds of series. Well, seven series. And, uh, yeah, I've watched about two hours of it, just, and it's very funny. But it's more than just the opening gags are funny, but it's more than that. It's a, it is a character piece as well. I, mean, I don't know if you oh, yeah. ever uh, watch Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec. Uh, no. I've definitely I've got the wrong it, audience yes. here. <laughs> I've watched um, the good, you know, the good place, which I think is by the same person. I maybe. think it might be. 
So it has occurred mm. to me to go back to Parks and Recreation, but there's just always so much of American series. <laughs> I think that's what appealed to me about Brooklyn was that there was so much of it, so we could watch it every day and we wouldn't run out. And sadly, now we have. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I can't seem to get through like the normal lead series, even in the pandemic. Actually, I did manage this week to tidy up, not this week, maybe last week, but um, to tidy up a lot of the series I've been desperately trying to get through. So I did manage, like the week before, to finish off the Umbrella Academy and this oh, wow. week I finished <laughs> off the boys. So in fact, I've done all these now. You've done I could, them. I, I could get onto Queen's Gambit, which was the thing I really actually wanted to do. Yeah, watch. I'm halfway through Queen's Gambit. That's really good. I'm three episodes in and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> You'll it soon overtake downable. Yeah. Unput unputwatchable. I don't know. What's what's the phrase? Unwatch puttable. <laughs> Unwatched Un, un, un Unswitchable. Oh, that's very good. Unswitchable. That could be the word of the year for Netflix 2021. I like that. It's almost German. Mm. Can I talk about the weird language article that I read yeah. this morning? Yes, do. Because this was amazing, actually amazing. Um, so this outfit of people who do natural language processing, so they, they kind of really do know what they're talking about. This is not just made up. They were trying to develop some kind of taxonomy of which languages were the weirdest. Wow. Because apparently most NLP is based on English and they had the bright idea that it might be an idea to work out, you know, if other languages were more or less hard than English mm -hmm. to translate and put into computer languages. Um, so they looked at, apparently there is like a dictionary for linguists or, do I mean linguists? Yeah, linguistics people, um, of all the features. So like, you know, we're subject, verb, object. Mm -hmm. So like, then they have a list of all the languages in the world that are subject, verb, object, and all the ones that are verb, subject, object, and so forth and so on. So that's the easiest example that we can all understand, mm -hmm. right? And if you do that against the list of all the languages in the world that you have enough data for, you actually find that English is really weird. <laughs> like apparently it's only about 13% of the languages that have. Um, subject verb object which we all think is really really normal and in fact the most um, weird languages turn out to be things like like English and German and Dutch um, and which not... are all related <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that makes perfect sense actually but the ones that we think are weird actually came really like low down in the weirdness index and were, were quite normal and they, they were all the things like Hungarian and Basque and Mandarin they were all really Where did normal. Icelandic, where did Icelandic come in the list? No, because Icelandic, <laughs> it's usually quoted as being more difficult than Hungarian. No, I think Finnish is yeah, what you're thinking of. Icelandic is just another version of Swedish and Norwegian. And Norwegian and all the rest yeah. of them, yeah. It's Finnish that's yeah. difficult. Yeah, Finnish yeah. is different. Finnish, Hungarian, and then maybe Basque are the ones you usually hear about. I actually find Cornish is syntactically difficult because it doesn't work in the same way as French and German and English, obviously. So it doesn't have a word for yes, for example. So you have to keep trying to use bits of a verb to say yes with. And it does... That's like Mandarin. Yeah, and it does put things in a different order quite frequently. So, But that was, that was another one. This is great. Yeah. It's that apparently 
um, it's only relatively few, mostly Indo-European languages, that that play around with the words, like going from it is, you know, a dog to is it a dog. Mm -hmm. That's very unusual as well. That was, again, only about like 20% of languages or something. And then there were lots and lots of languages that, like Japanese, just put a particle on the end. So like in Japanese, you add cat to make it a question. But there was at least two languages where there was no difference at all between a statement and a question. They were identical. You know, there wasn't even a difference in tones or anything. And then I just loved this. Then there was this line after it that he really wanted to see what a game show would look like in these countries. Only 8.7% of languages start with a verb. We're used to ones that start with a subject and then quite a lot start with other way around. But only a very small number start with a verb so christina what do you think one of those languages are that's quite near to one of the languages that you've been learning sorry what, what was the first start of a question i was i wasn't listening because i was thinking about cornish mutations and how yeah, many languages well, do that i wondered if cornish was the same okay it's languages that start the sentence with the verb oh. what so oh. like go romans home <laughs> actually that doesn't work because it's imperative um um yeah but i know what you seek mean seek romans home <laughs> uh, i think you're gonna have to give me some clues because uh... it's going to be welsh if it's close to Cornish. <laughs> it is welsh 10 points to ian the non-linguist <laughs> oh you don't so say it like that I don't. I'm I haven't learned enough yet to know, but quite likely, because everything Welsh does, Cornish does worse. Why well, isn't that interesting? The other two that they quote <laughs> here are Hawaiian and something called Majang, which I've never heard of in my life. Czech's pretty so, weird. Liam was going on about that endlessly at the last ton. Oh, yes. He triggered something that was absolutely delightful. Something along the lines of that he couldn't find online the Jabberwocky translated into Czech, possibly because it can't be, or something like that. And Michael Cool, he was in the room at the time, says, ah, I remember my my best ever performance in French was reciting the Jabberwocky. And I persuaded him to find it and then recite the Jabberwocky in, in French, which I surreptitiously recorded. So I have now got Michael Cool performing the Jabberwocky in French. And I'm going to contact him and say, can we use this? <laughs> what date in 2020 will remain etched in your memory, Christina? The thing that I remember is coming back from Botswana, uh, well, Cape Town, and arriving in the UK and discovering, hearing the first thing about coronavirus and right at Right at that time, it was just before um, it was they were just talking about it coming in from China and they just it was just before they were going to start to um, quarantining people coming from China. And we'd just gone through Schiphol Airport and passed a whole load of Chinese people coming off a different flight. And so my main worry about that was, oh, no, there's this weird virus and we might get it. Little oh, realising... Yeah. <laughs> In what, way, enough, really. in what way we would actually get it in terms of how it would change our life? Were the Chinese people being quarantined or were they just like queuing? No, they, were, we, they weren't being quarantined at that point, but 
when we heard the news story that evening, it was that from the next day they would be quarantined. What was your biggest failure of the year, Ian? <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's the same as always, trying to get a word in edgeways between you two. That's fair, that'll do. Ten points to um, Scumbag College. <laughs> what was the best thing you bought in 2020, Christina? Oh, yes, I have an answer for that one. I, I do too. <laughs> well, so, I'll ask you afterwards. Yeah, you ask me. Yeah, no, no, the best thing I, I bought was a fold-up table which allowed me to turn our bedroom into an office. And I mm. have just been so happy with that ever since because I can just look out of a window, look at the trees, look at the sun. And before that, I was stuck in the kitchen all this right okay you can ask me now okay so what's yours best buyer for <laughs> year mine's not dissimilar we're so dull actually because mine is my logitech webcam um because as some of you already know she says some of you these two um both my dell laptop which is my work laptop and my ipad for some reason put the camera not at like the top in the middle like any sane person would put it but at the bottom to the left hand side which meant that for about the first two months of the pandemic every time i did a zoom i looked like kind of village idiot squinting towards the light in a weird drooly kind of way and i couldn't work out for ages why this was you know i thought i was staring at the middle of the, the screen just like you're meant to and it did take me about a month before i realized that the bloody camera was in this stupid place and then i tried to buy an external webcam and of course they were sold out all over the uk because everyone else who had a dial laptop had presumably discovered the same thing but just one small refinement it's pronounced logitech how do you know because i talked to the logitech people at the logitech stand at the logitech <laughs> computer display yeah but that conference. wasn't like hamilton or something London. No, that was in that was in uh, Olympia in London. Yeah, but, but they don't you know. own it. It's probably American or Chinese or Vietnamese. Well, I'll let you figure it out. You can either intuit it or just use logic. No one's ever <laughs> mentioned it before, but then they probably just haven't cared. But they're polite. I'm not. <laughs> no, true. Well, my third best uh, purchase of the year was a webcam, but it's from Septicon. Uh, can you tell me how to pronounce that, Ian? Septicon. Septicon. Isn't that a convention <laughs> run by people from <laughs> the Gannets yes. or something? <laughs> run by Claire of Croydon. <laughs> no, it should be the Nigella Lawson convention. No. <laughs> what did you do in 2020 that you've never done before? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So, I got to wear. I got to wear a mask without robbing a store. Yeah, that'll do. My one is a very obvious one, which you can all guess. It's the Paris Marathon. No, it's doing a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. that's true. But you did do a virtual marathon as well, didn't you? Yeah, but that's I've done a marathon before, and okay, it's virtual, but it's not that different, really. No, it's it's not groundbreaking. I can't think of actually anything I did that was very groundbreaking. I think when I thought about this, I thought, well, the main new thing I did was I wrote a statute. That is quite good. <laughs> I just say it won't feel to anyone very much but lawyers, but it was a lot of fun, actually. 
And it did get me onto about a million podcasts, <laughs> which is what led to where we are. Should we actually say goodbye this time so that when we when we end up po- we haven't said hello either, but that's that's the normal. <laughs> I said I said goodbye at the end of the Aratum last. I week. know you did, but I haven't said goodbye for a long time. I'm Lillian. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye from me. And hello from I me. Stick to the script. <laughs> <laughs> there is no script. <laughs> Pay no attention to my French, but just admire, admire the firmness of the accent. Ibrique, etours libricieux, se girant et environ dans la grève. Enimés sont les gousses bosqueurs et les mots malades, hosgrève. Garde-tu, d'où j'assorque mon fils, la gueule qui mord, la griffe qui prend, garde-tu, la roise à joub-joub, évite. Et frumion, bon d'apprendre. Son glave vous parle en main, il va ta rechercher la pauvre mascon. Crise avant, après avoir à l'arbre tété, et restant réfléchant. Pendant qu'il pense, toute officieuse, le jarnoc, le flambeau, vient sublime par la boire tous les graisses et meubles en venant. Un deux, un deux, par le milieu, la glaive vopale fait patapin. La bête défaite avec ses têtes, il rentra, quel enfant. À tout doué, le jetroc, viens à ma corps, fille rayonnaise. Au jour frappeuse, calu, calé, il cotole dans sa joie. Il brûle, étoiles, libricieux, se guirant, environ dans le grave. En miné son legus pusque ele monhab pusqua. Wasn't that amazing? Really like to thank Michael Cool for allowing us to use that clip. Hi, just when you thought it was safe to escape from this never happens the Christmas card, here is Lillian with as is traditional, not so much an erratum lest, though there are some but also with a sort of coda, uh, tying up a few of the plot threads that were in what you just listened to. So first of all, I feel really ashamed that I didn't know what net zero was, because since then I've listened to Mark Carney's Reef Lecture on Radio 4, which turned out to be about nothing but. And net zero, of course, means having net zero carbon emissions. So we should all go and be, I don't know, plonked in a solar cell and left there for 2021. On vaccines, just a note of hope, my aunt in London has actually had the first days of the vaccine, so real people are having it. On Bill Bailey, as probably a few of you know, he did win Strictly. Yay! As it was just about the only good news that we've had all year, this was widely reported. But perhaps what some of you might not know who didn't watch it was that he did his big show dance to The Show Must Go On, that well-known anthem. But at the end of it, and it was very good, actually, despite my comments about the Argentine tango, at the end of it, he said that this reference, The Show Must Go On, was not just to the arts, which, of course, have had a parlous year, but to life in general. And it was just a really nice heartwarming moment. So here's a really non-cynical comment about that. Similarly, we actually have an EU trade deal. Um, And this led, and Ian will be glad to hear this, to me making unprecedentedly 
a pun on Twitter. So after a week of seeing the lorries queuing for days and days outside of Dover and the UK haggling pointlessly over a fisheries industry quota when A, we don't eat fish and B, apparently the fisheries industry makes less money for the UK than Harrods the department store, we nonetheless did somehow manage to cobble together a deal that would protect our captain fish eyes. And as I said on Twitter, that has to be the miracle of the loads and fishes. Twitter indeed has been a hotbed, as it has been all year really, of black humour about uh, the current state of being, particularly about the new tiers which seem to be added every week. I was particularly fond, I think, of tier 11, which is the tier where you're not even allowed to use Zoom. Other clever coinages included tears of a clown, happy new tears, and a few more like that. But my favourite was Let's All Meet Up in the Tier 2000, since I've always loved that song by Pulp. So here's my edition for the year, which did go slightly viral on Twitter. And it went. Your gem was very small, with spikes around its wall. When it came round to call, we didn't notice it at all. Let's all meet up in the Tier 2000. I will be living down here on my own. And I will stop there. But that was just to prove that I do go to choir and that Ian isn't the only one who can sing badly. It's also dedicated to everyone who's going to spend Christmas living down here on their own because of the bloody virus. So to everyone who is having a, a, a good Christmas or isn't and is really fed up, you've had enough to put up with this year. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, and let's all say fuck off 2020. But next year you can look forward to the new second season, because we've discovered that podcasts have seasons, of This Never Happens, the podcast. And you can write in and tell us what you'd like to be in it. But it probably won't include an interview with Bill Bailey. Bye. <laughs>